race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my desk mate, Jacob. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Your uh, your ever-changing web camera background stuff is, is uh, prevalent today. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, for those watching on the YouTube, I have a very nice actual, like, quote-unquote professional background now so i had to move out of the basement where i have been recording for the last year and a half or so for two years because i found out that i'm super allergic to dust mites and it's super 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 dusty down the basement so i'm up in a a new room now so there it is and i'm still in this weird yellow room Maybe one day I'll do like, cause this has got a, like a green screen on the other side. So maybe I'll do some like green screen effects where I'm like, you know, get the background from the talking heads or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be great actually. But I haven't had the time nor the effort or energy or want to, to <laughs> that shit out yet. Uh, that is all acceptable. But, uh, yeah. Tomorrow is Memorial day. So happy holiday to everybody. Even though it's sort of a sad holiday. Or, I don't know. It's, it's, it is sad, but it's all right. But it's also the unofficial start of summer in the United States. So I had the yeah. grill going today and it was really nice. Does um, the summertime look particularly different in your area? Uh, like in terms of uh, people? Uh, like the, are more people out? or do you have Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially because yeah. it's so cold here. Mm. Like once it warms up, like the rivers are full of boats and lots more people are outside. But yeah. it's one, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we, you know, it's 30 degrees for four or five months. So when it's actually sunny and warm, right. Right. that's the other part is it's super cloudy here, cloudy and rainy. Like we're the second cloudiest slash rainiest city in the country behind Seattle. Wow. So whenever it's warm and sunny, like everyone's outside. I see. Yeah, uh, in Jersey here, we get more traffic because <laughs> everybody's going to the beach. Right. Uh, yesterday, we went to Princeton to go see a show, and yeah, that was terrible. And then uh, I have some New York friends who were posting some funny things on the internet, like uh, asking if half of the world's population was uh, killed off because New York City was so empty. Because people <laughs> are leaving it to go do things, you know? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like especially at work here, if we uh, like, if it's a warm sunny day, like by two o'clock, everything's just empty. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but enough about our lives. Let's talk about the office. As uh, we are in season seven, episode fifteen, the search. And I forgot to put down who wrote and directed it, so I'll look that up. I got it. Written by Brent Forrester and directed by Michael Spiller. Cool. So this opens up with Ryan and Kelly announcing that they are getting divorced. Yeah. And no one, everyone's really confused because no one knew they had gotten married. Correct. Accurate. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's great, right? Because, you know, it's one of those, it doesn't matter. 
it's just something that they talk about. You know, no one was involved in the right because the they had just saw a courthouse and they just wanted to do it. I think. Well, they up in the Poconos, like making love constantly, and Ryan was crying a lot. Right. Yeah, it's very emotional. And then like. <laughs> Ryan does his douchebag. He's like, I won't get married till everyone gets married. In like 30 years when people are rewatching this, like I'm doing like cheers right now. People are like, what do you mean they can't? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and Oscar is just like, uh, everyone, I talked to all the other gay guys and it's okay. You yeah. can get married. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they try to do this thing where they're trying to take sides or they want people to pick sides rather, you know? Right. At first it was like, you know, we don't want anyone to take sides. It's like, then something flips and like, no, we definitely want people to take sides. And no one picks any sides. Right. And uh, who, if you were picking a side, who would you pick? Oh, I'd pick Ryan's side just because they do need to get divorced. Because <laughs> Kelly still wants to stay married, you know? I thought they were, I didn't think they both wanted to. Oh, that's right. She's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Yeah, she's like, maybe we could work it out. Right. That's true. That is true. But I mean, I don't know. I'd have a hard time deciding. I mean, I'd have a hard time siding with Ryan, period. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's never right. <laughs> like, if I were in that office, I could, like, I think I would be friends with Kelly, but I couldn't be friends with Ryan. Or, like, I would be fr- friends with Ryan because he was with Kelly kind of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, a rewatch as we do. And, um, you know, I'm, like, in season five or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I just, like, I like ryan the full-time sales rep you know post um like jim's already in connecticut so season three yeah like that's a great ryan and then you know he becomes corporate ryan then he comes back as uh, blonde haired ryan right and it's like we just got so little time with the good ryan <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah it's all this bad ryan stuff because i would have been friends with season three ryan probably yeah. season two probably season one but yeah three, yeah definitely because, like, Ryan, like, that's when he starts becoming, like, a person. His season right, right. three-ish. So, yeah, that's yeah, just one of those, I just couldn't do it. I don't I couldn't yeah. be friends with, like, douchebag Ryan. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> so, um, like, so, the episode opens up, and Michael's talking to Holly about, um, he's like, so when are we going to get back together? Right. Like, so it is, in his mind, a foregone conclusion that they're going to get back together. How did he hear that they split? Like, I guess, again, through the grapevine, right? Like, Holly makes this call, Kelly overhears it or whatever. I mean, maybe, I mean, I mean, it's probably been, what, a couple of, like, at least a week in Showtime? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's... Because she wouldn't have told Michael, I guess, is my point, right? Like, she wouldn't have said, hey, just so you know, me and AJ are on a break. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, maybe, but, like, this feels much more um, permanent, you know, maybe just because of how the episode ends, but, uh, like, it's, we should cool things off, I'll talk when I get back to Nash or Connecticut or wherever, Nashua? Yeah, I think that's where. I think so, yeah. Uh, And, you know, we'll talk when I get back, so they were on a break, and now she, they're broken up, so it feels like a much more permanent you know, final thing here than it did when she was like calling AJ, you know, the, in the previous episode. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that sense that there was a shift. I mean, like, you know, 
if you're on a break, you're essentially broken up. The only difference is you think you'll get back with that person. But I think in terms, you know, it's, it's the Ross thing, right. From friends, when you're on a break, I think a lot of people assume that you you can behave as if you're single. Um, so I think that's why Michael's forcing it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to say, uh, Holly trying to be a good person wants to go on a break with AJ because she feels conflicted. If Holly is being a bad person, it's because Michael's around, right? So it's like, and I think she's she makes that choice for both reasons. One, because right. it's probably the right thing to do because she doesn't feel as attached to AJ as she does with Michael. Mm-hmm. And then two, right, to see if there's an opportunity to explore it. But similarly, she's not rushing into it, but Michael doesn't give a damn, right? Because he's, he's right. like the, he's, yeah, he's terrible. Right, and you know, something that kind of gets brought up in the next episode is... You know, somewhere in her head, she knows, well, at least she thinks she's going back, right? right. And so maybe that's why she's not, you know, if she knew she was staying, like, a permanent move, like, in season four, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she's, oh, like, okay with it, but she doesn't want to start it up just to leave again. Right, right. And um, it's talked about in the next episode or whatever. But, yeah, they don't... Uh someone has to kind of remind them about the finality of this relationship. You know, they don't. Right. Or at least Michael, maybe Holly was just, I don't know. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, Yeah. We get this, one of the great Aaron quotes, like her personality is like a two, sense of humor is a three, ears are a five and a six. That's far from a perfect 40. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where she got that rating scale, but I know. um, Like there's so many things I want to like, like i want the backstory yeah right even though i have i'm not caught up like uh i watched like the first season half of kimmy schmidt okay like there's a piece in my head that like that's aaron's backstory is kim like she kimmy was schmidt is, becomes Aaron becomes aaron yeah in the office yeah i mean where aaron ends up in the show she she's a lot more like kimmy because uh, again, I just watched Aaron's first appearance uh, during the Michael Scott Paper Company, and she's basically normal. She's just really nice, right? You know? Yeah, and um, and it's almost uncomfortable when Dwight and Andy are hitting on her because she is a lot more harassy, especially in like today's day and age. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really yeah. And it's she's like, just, like borderline played. rapey at this yeah. point. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Dwight doing the weird ghost thing and then Andy dancing with her is terrible. Um, and it feels like she's being not flirty, but she's like going along with it more of like a, you know, she's like, I don't know these guys, so better do it. Um, right. But like by the end of it, mm-hmm. her obliviousness to Ryan saying, let me take naked photos of you, um, you know, is a lot more in line with Kimmy. Right. Yeah. She definitely gets dumber. Get, uh, <laughs> maybe not dumber. I mean, there really isn't much to her in season five, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, the fact she's young. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I were talking. I can say that now. My wife and I were talking, and um, what do you call it? Yeah, we were both saying how the first time we'd watched that episode, we didn't have any indication that she was going to stay on for more than however long the Michael Scott Paper Company story arc was going to go on. Right, and I wonder, like, I wonder if it was the thing, or if maybe she pulled really well, or something happened where they decided that they were going to keep her around as a thing maybe they yeah. maybe they were like hey we need to get andy more involved yeah exactly like was there a thing with casting where like some character said they needed to be in less stuff or whatever so they're like all right well we got to bolster it somehow or uh 
Right. And I don't mean, I, we knew that uh, Steve Carell was uh, leaving the office for a while. So maybe they just, maybe he said something in between season five and six. Right. Yeah, it's true. So then they can start like doing the whole build up or whatever to his departure. Right. And plus they're going to need to like fill it in. I don't know. It's I'm weird, but I mean, I like her. She's a great character. Right. So uh, Michael and Jim go out on the sales call yep. somewhere, and Mike's just pissed. I mean, he's just a bitch when he's pissed off. He's a bit of a buster. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And Jim, so they're at this gas station because Michael apparently just really, really had to pee. Right. And Jim, is, Jim gets a call from Helene, who was going to take Cece to the doctor because she had a small fever but then locked her in the car that's right uh yeah and i mean rightfully so jim like has to leave right right yeah oh yeah yeah you gotta go save the baby in the car yeah Uh, michael yep he tells a guy in like a a, you know a onesie yeah, what the hell they call it? The jumpsuit, like a jumpsuit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a mechanic or something. But we, then we find out he actually doesn't work at that gas station. He right. is, he's like in his own car and he drives away. Do you think that like yeah? Obviously, you got a bolt. But if someone is just taking a pee, you can wait like twenty seconds, right? Like, well, it's a baby. I, I can understand why a baby would like. Right, right. But there is that like. Well, so is he peeing? He said he had to pee. What if he's taking a poop? What if right, well, I mean, that's why you like bang on the door. Like, are you almost done? We, you know. Doesn't he, though? I thought he did. I didn't think he actually thought, got to the door. Yeah, I thought he did. And I thought Michael was ignoring him because Michael knew that Jim didn't want to stop anyways. Yeah, maybe. But, but, but you know true. if he goes like, Michael, Cece's in trouble. You need to hurry. Like, Michael's running out of there with his pants around his knees or something. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I, Jim is a j- jerk, is what I've established through this whole show. But <laughs> in this instance, he is not. Well, right, right, right. I mean, yeah, you, you can pretty much get away with anything if it's a baby. Yeah. Also, not for nothing, but like, you know, so I, uh, I have a new job and I've been commuting and such. So my pocket layout is different because now I carry a bag. I used to drive mm-hmm. when I didn't need to. Um, and I still can't not put my wallet, not in my pants, you know? Right. Like I, you know, I could keep my wallet in my backpack and it's all nice and easy or whatever, but it's always on my person. Same as my cell phone. So the fact that Michael leaves that stuff in the car, kind of his fault. Uh, and, he, and I know this is, um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely yeah, yeah. So and so he leaves himself incapable of contacting anybody. Also, see, I don't take my like when I'm driving or in one of my cars, I'll take my wallet out and like put it in the console and grab it when I'm leaving. You know, but you're driving. But I'm driving, or if you know my wife is driving, but I oh. would never do it in someone else's car. I see. Okay. Okay. Right. But even so, in this situation, right, Michael probably should not be derobing in the car, getting comfy and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, I could never I could never carry my wallet in my in a in my backpack. Could never yeah. do that. I mean I have my wallet on me now. And I have one of those like magic flippy wallets, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I keep I just like have a lot of thin wallets so I can keep it in my front pocket. Yeah. So I'm like, very afraid of the George Costanza. The 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 closest I'll come is like putting it in the front pocket of a cargo short. Like that's like as far as I'll go in terms of <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, I've been doing a thing, and boy, or we off the rails. 
Um, but my past two phones, I have no longer gotten screen protectors for my phones. Right. So my pocket layout is actually very important because my I have a dedicated cell phone pocket, so I don't right. have anything metal. Yeah, in. I have this. I have the same way. Yeah. It, or what you do is like because I wear like basketball shorts a lot. <laughs> okay. So what I do is I put the phone in my in my wallet in the same pocket with the phone screen facing away from the wallet. Right. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, so Michael gets left. <laughs> yeah. And he is lost as fuck yeah which surprises me a little bit with how well he knows the town right jim makes it sound like they're only 10 minutes away right right but like i mean maybe maybe it's just him selling but you know he's always come across as knowing every little inch of screen yeah yeah i grew up and all this stuff so it seems weird to me that he gets lost yeah i agree And, and this is sort of like the springfield problem where scran just keeps getting bigger Mm-hmm. Right. On. yeah as they need things right right um yeah no i um i think it's like pam's volleyball thing you just <laughs> kind of retcon a bit and say like michael is just going to get to be dumb in this particular instance right so you know michael's trying to get the gas station guy to like you let him borrow his phone and he finally does he's like oh you don't have any of my numbers on speed dial <laughs> right um <clears throat> yeah, so the guy's just not going to be super helpful. Michael leaves and he has to pick a direction and ends up walking the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. Uh, and we find out. So, okay, we find out why in, in a moment. Right. And so Jim calls Pam. Jim calls Pam and he she's all like, oh, I'll put out APB. Ask Pam Beasley. And there's this long pause like, oh, do we get disconnected? And Jim's like, nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Pam starts to do that like once she's out in the sales team area, like doing like these jokes and going yuck yuck yuck, you know. Oh yeah, but she's like it's terrible. It's like dad jokes or yeah. mom jokes. Like maybe that's what it is. Like she got the like the mom joke gene or something when she had CC. Yeah, I think that's what it was, uh, and it's disgusting. It's so like Aaron's gonna go out. Or no, Holly's going to go out and Aaron won't let her go looking for him without her. Right. And Dwight's like, oh, great. We Space or- Orphan and Princess Nin can poop. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, aside from like that first episode of Holly, Dwight's never been obviously anti-Holly. Right. So that was a little weird that that came from there. I mean, I guess. I mean, I can see why he would think she's not overly bright. Hmm. You know, I mean, she is the female Michael, and he doesn't have any kind of loyalty to her, so he just sees her through regular lenses. Right. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. I was super stoked that I spelled nincompoop right on the first shot like i had no like this seems kind of right and it came out and it was like and google wasn't telling me it was misspelled i was like oh yeah wow. i'm awesome yeah um so the search team goes out and then um before jim had left with michael he said that he took one of pam's doodles and stuck it on a place and oh, she, right, on the fridge right yeah mm-hmm. So she goes and she gets it and it's a picture of a like a anthropomorphic printer, but then people have written some captions below it. Right. And I actually hadn't, when you said I had never made the connection that that's how it got on, like in the public. Yeah. Was yeah. that Jim put it there. Right. Yep. <clears throat> and um, 
you know, and it's kind of fun or whatever. And then they decide to do like a caption contest where Pam would draw right. something specific. Well, in most of the um, most of the captions on Pam's drawing are very anti saber. That's right. Yeah, you know, I'm a suck suck suckety saber and uh, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Gabe is none too thrilled about this. I know what a freaking. Are we still sure what his role is? Is he like he's definitely not like he's like he seems like he's a little bit of everything, but not any real authority. Yeah, I mean, he is basically like like a liaison, maybe. He's like yeah, a he, corporate liaison in their local office. He definitely acts like a manager at some times. Yeah. And he definitely acts like HR at some times. It's just, I cannot place what the fuck he's supposed to be. I mean, as soon as someone questions his authority, usually he backs down. But I think he has like an initiative from Joe uh, that, you know, these are the, this is the way the brand should be run. Right. So I think he interjects a lot. And if no one pushes back, then that's annoying. Like, and that's what everybody does. But as soon as, like, he tries to fire someone or suspend someone without pay, we all realize he actually can't do anything. Right. So the search team goes out and they make it to the gas station and they're describing Michael to the attendant. He's like, his facial type is marsupial. Yeah. And so Dwight's, you know, and he's like, oh, in, his own, in his way, taking charge, like, oh, we're going to just... Michael would have gone back to the office, so let's go that way. And Holly's just standing there looking. He's like, wouldn't you just go buy that bakery just for the smell of it? Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the gas station person confirms that that's the direction that Michael went in. Right. Um, yeah, Michael ends up in like this pet store and is talking to the animals about love. Yeah. Like, you know, telling the puppies that not to, you know, go after one bone or something like that and telling the poor boa constrictor that he's hideous and will never find love. Yeah, I mean, so essentially what happens is just Michael goes on this crazy adventure stopping into stores that interest him. So we've got the pet store. Um, then he tries to buy a hot dog by trading his watch for it. Right. His $45 watch uh, where he could basically order half the menu. Mm -hmm. um, but then he is across the street from a Chinese restaurant that advertises very large egg rolls. Right. One, um, one egg roll could feed all of China or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, the, the search party here is kind of one step behind him each way. And Holly <laughs> seems to have an unintentional insight to how he gets there. Right. Right. Which is, you know, sort of, what we've looked at where of course he's going to be uh, like, she just understands what he's about. Right. Right. Um, I will say, I mean, I really like this episode. I'm not reviewing it, but I do like it. I like the connections and stuff like that, but it is weird because I never got the impression that Holly was dumb. Like in right. a way, you know, again, so like Dwight says that thing or whatever. And she does a lot of like, to me, slightly off character things because mm -hmm. like she is drawn to the egg roll right i would get that she would be interested in the egg roll but she like is this whole moth to the flame thing where she's just kind of staring at it even though people are having conversations around right well i don't think she comes off as stupid but like like we established in season five her and michael think a lot alike they have the same sense of humor they 
they do all this stuff that is very, very similar. Right, right. And so like that's what I'm thinking. I think that's what they were trying to get across is that their thought processes are very close to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they have similar alter ego names. Right, when there's Fanny Smellmore and uh, Orville Tudenbacher. Uh, yeah. The billionaire who farts popcorn. Right. Um Let's see. So Mike tries to dine and dash. As we said, he didn't have his wallet on him. Right. Um, but his conscience gets the better of him and he goes inside and he admits what happened. Um, and right. And like, oh, you dined and you dined so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they call it Mr. Chu, which is this round, grumpy looking cook from the back. And um, for all we know, he's dead. But <laughs> we rejoin the search party who are just getting there after Michael's left. And, uh, we see uh, they've got a wall of shame, basically. Yeah, and Creed's up there. Twice. And, he's up there twice. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah he's up there. up there. It's his thief. Yeah. No, Creed's up there once, and then he's on there right next to himself, but he's wearing a wig. Right, so. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am. A, yeah, never, well, kind of dined and dashed once. Like, like, I asked for my check, and an hour later, they hadn't gotten it to me yet, so I left. I see. Once, uh, yeah, you know, when uh, I was in college, we were always doing half-price appetizers or whatever. Oh, yeah. And, and we only had just enough money for the appetizers we had purchased, and we all got water, right? So we had enough money for that, and then we tipped the waitress, whatever. She charged us for the water, though, so that we had enough to cover the bill only and didn't tip her. So that was what we dined and dashed on was her tip because she charged us for water. Dummy. <laughs> so hopefully she fixed it so she could give herself a tip. Right. So back at the office, they're doing this cap caption contest because, you know, do, or they were sending each other IMs. Yeah, right. And yeah, because Gabe had put on a bunch of different rules, like, you know, no pop culture references, which is stupid. Um, no insulting the company. And you had to use sticky quips, which are basically post-it notes that are die cut to look like speech bubbles. Right. And so he pulls it up and starts rattling off... Uh, like all these things, and one of them was like, "Hey, look, that's not just a skinny treat; it's Gabe. Let's pee on it anyway." Right. Yeah. Which ended up being Angela's that she would never admit to. So basically, what happened is because he was such a dick, like everyone just started bashing Gabe with the. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like if well, it was um, the bashing Gabe and bashing Saber really hard. I like. I feel like if Gabe hadn't have like made the rule about the no Saber stuff. Because it was two dogs on a desert island for the new right. caption contest, they probably wouldn't have gone to Saber very much. Yeah, I agree. Like the only reason they really went to Saber the first time is because it was a printer. Right. That's right. Um, so it's all funny. Uh, and then there's one, it's really weird. And Gabe sells it really well, not intentionally, obviously, because he's reading insults about himself. But it's like, uh, Gabe, Gabe tall skinny guy oh yeah his mom i banged her or something like that that's like really prolonged it was like kevin or something yeah yeah obviously kevin yeah um so yeah that happens and that's all great everybody has a good time um finally the search party kind of has an inner conflict where holly doesn't you know she realizes what's happening that they're like using her as a a hound basically right is there like well dwight even says um tap into your common mind or hive mind yeah, or something yeah, yeah um like it's not that like 
Like they make it play, painfully obvious what they're doing. <laughs> they're not trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, yeah, so he tries to do it too. And it's like, that's just my imagination. So <laughs> he ends up going in a different direction. Holly ends up going to the top of the building to see if she could see him. And Aaron secretly follows. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess there's no elevator because, but what could it, like, she walks up like 15, 15 stories worth of stairs in heels. Yeah, it's like, couldn't you take the elevator to the top floor and then go to the staircase to get the roof access? But Right, or like take them off or something because that just that just seems really difficult <laughs> i agree and i never wore heels <laughs> uh but yeah they find her they find michael and basically holly says exactly the reason why he did what he did yeah like he was trying to like see the office from the the roof of this building right and so i guess this is the you know in holly's head i guess she realizes that they are meant to be together yeah or that there is more there than just this relationship they had um you know how two years ago two and a half years ago yeah i mean michael really breaks down you know he says that he missed her and stuff Mm -hmm. you know like he's basically crying and i think there's a lot of honesty that holly can tell and i think if she isn't constantly thinking about michael uh seeing him in this state is like bringing back like reminding her of those feelings that she had that she probably never like. Right. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of ends that way. It's all nice and stuff, but Aaron does witness the whole thing. So mm. it's yeah. never brought up again, really, but we just assume at this point, Aaron sees what it is and she likes Holly. She doesn't really go on, go off on her anymore. Or maybe that like he just, she makes Michael so happy. She won't like be terrible. Right. So what are you going to rate this episode? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I don't know if I've been watching it. Actually, no. I watched these episodes on my commute now because I have so much freaking time on the bus. Um, but I really liked it. And I don't know if it's because it took me out of sitting next to stinky ass people stuck in the Lincoln Tunnel. Um, but I'm going to give it a 3.7 out of 5 big ass egg rolls. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... <sighs> The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I like this episode more than I originally gave it. You know, it's a good thing, you know, gets them back together. And I remember watching this, you know, back in the day going, oh, this is it. You know, we knew Michael was leaving at some point this season. And it was like, they got them back together. They're going to be together. Right. This is really when you as the fan are like, yep, they are together, period. Yeah, right. And so they... So that was nice and everything. So I gave it a three. I gave it a three point five out of five. Dining so much. Nice. I love it. All right. So uh, episode sixteen, season seven, PDA. Yeah. This the cold open in this episode is so I don't, terrible. Isn't the right word, but it's definitely like sad. So like Daryl lost his grandmother. I think as who I was. That's correct. Yeah. And Pam came in. It's like, hey, I got you a card. We're really sorry. Like, you can tell it was just, she was just trying to do something nice because he lost his grandmother and was obviously close to her, you know. And everyone thought it was his birthday. 
Yeah. They just got a card. They knew it was for Daryl. They didn't read it. So there's a lot of positive messages in there, like, what a time to celebrate, or... Let's get wasted this weekend. Yeah, I bet you wish this was every day, or something like that. (laughs) Right, and then, like, Dwight comes in with a cupcake with a candle, and Andy comes in giving him birthday punches, and he's crying, and Andy's just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, did you ever see that really old commercial, like, the sad Native American... He, um, like he's like in a big field and it's covered in trash or whatever. So he looks at the camera and a single tear falls down his face. Like yeah. that's exactly what Daryl did. <laughs> Which it was weird to me because you know, Andy likes to talk up that he's really good friends with Daryl. Right. So you feel like uh, he should know. He should definitely have known it wasn't his birthday, right? He, yeah, he should have. Um, he's not really a good friend though. Like you said, he talks it up. He's probably right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, two of my closest friends this entire world, I only kind of know their birthdays. Yeah, like I know within like a two week stretch when their birthdays are, but the exact day is a little hazy to me. Yeah, because after a couple of years of friendship, you're like, I don't really want to admit to the fact I don't know when his birthday is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I don't know. At this point, we're adults. All right. I'm not taking you to Chuck E. Cheese. Remember your own goddamn birthday. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, real quick, we we skipped, but written by Robert Padnick and directed by Greg Daniels. OG. Oh. OG. Um, so it's a Valentine's Day episode. Valentine's, I think it's a Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. We hear Andy talking about Rachel for the first time. Right. Which, you know, this will carry through... Yeah, into season eight. Yep. You know, late season eight, actually. Um, So so this this starts this whole progression of him dating this girl who, for all intents, intents, seems like a really nice person. Pretty nice, smart, likes Andy for some stupid reason. Right, like Andy does not deserve this person at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and this is, to me, the beginning of, like, where he gets crappy, like, for real, because, like, he is real shitty to Rachel. And then went and fine, like it's to get back with Aaron, right? So let's say that's Jim to Karen, right? Okay. Uh, but then he messes that up too, because that just leads to the boat. Right, right. Um, yeah. But also- yeah, it's kind of the unraveling of Andy, the start yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think he treats. When he's with Rachel, it's well, but like that ending, right. that ending is terrible. Oh, ending yeah. is terrible. But I was thinking, like, we really don't see a lot of bad, like any sort of bad, weird treatment until the Christmas episode of next season. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Um, yeah, there's, they're going to some su- like sushi place, Indian. Uh, Rachel. Yeah. Phyllis is like, oh, you should get their cheeseburger. They say they won't make it, but if you like make a big enough fuss, they'll do it. Yeah. And it's like so much of what she talks about is like being a dick to somebody. No, I mean, I think Van, uh, you know, Bob Vance is pretty loaded probably. So I think uh, she does get to kind of live like uh, whatever a luxurious life would be in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Well, right. But it's like, you know, you didn't break up with them. Like in the preview or two episodes ago or three episodes ago, it's like you didn't break up with them for a little bit just to get something nice. Well, yeah. yeah there's a lot of that kind of stuff that Phyllis says. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that's like the result of dating somebody in the mob. You know, <laughs> we're pretty convinced he's in the mob, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much where we are. Um, so 
what else? Oh yeah, so we we understand why this episode is called PDA shortly after. Because Mike and Holly are all over each other. Yeah, they're they're smooching in the bullpen. They're hugging too close. They do this weird hug and walk thing all the way back to Michael's office. Right. I mean, it's not like it's over the top. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. For the most part, I don't really care. But this would even bother me. Like, if it's one thing, like, hey, you see your significant other in the hall, give her, give him a kiss, give her a kiss, whatever. This is, like, basically fucking with clothes on. I mean, it's pretty much what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then we cut to a scene where Oscar's in Michael's office, and I guess they're both reading their own documents or whatever. But, like, Michael is, like, giving the rub down to Holly's hand. Yeah, it's super weird. And, like, he's like, I just need a signature. Yeah, yeah. Um and then so like okay so one thing i do want to know yeah is did holly woman up and actually call aj and tell him it was over over yeah or did she just like nope out and never just let leave him hanging just full-on ghost it yeah well part of me feels like she has no obligation to because of the break well, I mean, and you had said, and maybe you don't feel this way now that we're talking about the episode, but that she knew about this timing thing that she wasn't going to work there forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, I thought, you know, like, it just seems it would be the, the courteous thing to do to at least be like, hey, yeah, you know that break thing? That's permanent, you know? Just yeah, something to say. I mean, so he's not like waiting. Yeah, but does Holly know at this moment that it's permanent? Well, she's with Michael. Yeah, they're on a break, Jacob. You don't get it. <laughs> I mean, like, not for nothing. And not, not that I condone any of this type of behavior. Anyway. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, it, it's they're hooking up, right? It's, it's like they're not in high school, so they don't need to formally say, we are dating. You are my significant other. They're going out and hanging out and being physical with each other in this kind of amorphous way where they don't have to draw a specific line. Yeah, maybe, but most people do have some, like, uh, DTA conversation, you know, the define or DTR define the relationship conversation. Yeah, well, so when Gabe pulls him into the office, like later in the episode, I think both of their faces read that they had been avoiding that conversation. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's then, why like then at the AJ end of this episode, he should have called AJ well, to be like, right. "Yes, I quit. I'm not coming back." I concur. I agree. Please send me all my stuff. Yeah. Well, because then Holly, I think at the end of this episode, does make a statement about like how like, you know, well, she moves in with Mike, right? Right, right, right. That's like the conclusion of the show. Well, and, you know, but they were living together. So she's got to call and be like, hey, I'm not because she quits. Yeah. Well, that's or, right. Or she's moving yeah, in with Michael. Yeah. So yeah. She's got to figure out to get how to get all of her stuff. Yeah. She just never saw that again. I mean, she knows AJ's work schedule. <laughs> she could take a day off and go to the house. Yeah. Yeah. Still. That's right. Uh, um, so sort of the, the B storyline is Gabe doing this romantic scavenger hunt no treasure hunt yeah the scavenger hunt is looking for stuff from a master list like yeah this weird definition for yeah i mean it's like for the scavenger hunt is like there's things on the list and you need to find all those things as opposed to a treasure hunt is like a clue to a clue to a clue to a thing right yeah i guess i always just kind of thought that the terms were ubiquitous yeah yeah what do i know not as much as Gabe, apparently. Apparently not. So, like, he gets her, like, this puzzle thing to send her to the next clue. 
that she enlists Andy's help, which, man, like, I, this is one reason I'm torn, because, like, Andy here is, like, this really nice guy, right? Like, right. he's putting his feelings aside, um, you know, that kind of thing to help his friend. Yeah, and, you know, like, he does acknowledge verbally that it might be weird. Right. I, I do feel like he starts with, like, both of them start with the best intentions of, like, no, nah, they're really just helping each other out. Mm-hmm. Right, and but we can also see that there's obvious feelings for Aaron from Andy. Oh yeah, I mean, really, it was like last time they had interacted with each other. Andy was still trying to get with Aaron. Right, right. Um, Andy does make a sad comment. That I just want to point out that he says he's good at jigsaw puzzles because he did them all the time while his brothers were out sailing, which is like a hint here that um, he didn't do as many family things Actually. as his family did. <laughs> Hashtag foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this kind of C wrapping into the A storyline is Jim and Pam went out for a Valentine's Day lunch and ordered the bottomless champagne and did their damn just to find the bottom. That's right, yeah. So they are pretty waste. Um, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, ever, don't ever go back to work drunk. No. It's never fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't drink, and I'm pretty lightweight. And I remember one year at my last job, they gave us those like uh, those bottle shaped chocolates with like a liquor inside of it. Yeah, and um, and everybody's eating it at their desk, and I'm like, that's cool. But like, I felt it, and I was like, oh boy, like I'm about to take a nap, and I just had a piece of chocolate. <laughs> um, yeah, so Pam's allowed drunk, which is something we saw during um, the Dundies episode. Well, pretty much every time we see her drink more than a little bit she gets loud yeah yeah like she's too close to people she's too loud doesn't have volume control uh also we saw with uh when she's at art school and she leaves at like 20 something minute yeah voicemail she's super loud about it yeah that's true too yeah because she butt dialed him which means that phone is not near her mouth and she's still screaming right um they never found the bottom yep um so Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another reason why Andy decides to help Aaron is because Andy accidentally finished Stanley's Sudoku puzzle. Which I will fully admit, I have no idea how to do Sudoku. I've never done it ever. Yeah, I know the rules, but I've never finished one. And I just don't think I ever will. Isn't it like number crossword sort of? Yeah, it, there's, um, you know, it's a grid and you have to put in numbers in the, it's like a three by three boxes, I think. So it's three by three boxes and three of those boxes in each three by three box has to be a number one through nine and they can't repeat. But then that number also can't repeat across the row of all three boxes or in a column. Yeah. Pass. Hard pass. I, Hard I, pass. I know. Give me Tetris. I'll play Tetris. <laughs> Don't give me this. So we, we have a scene where they're all like pretty much everyone is sitting in the break room and Angela tries to be cordial about it. She's like, you know, I'm super happy for them, but... I mean, they it, all do. Yeah, they yeah, all, for yeah. whatever reason, they all put this caveat of like, you know, but still, I'm very happy for them. And it's like, I mean, is it because they know that this is like, Michael deserves this? So maybe, they feel bad about complaining? Like, well, I mean, they all know what he's gone through. Yeah. You know, especially season six, you know, with the whole Donna... That took me right, a minute. Right. Donna thing, and like everyone knows that this is the love of his life. Right. right. So he finally has this love again. 
And so everyone's just trying to like be like diplomatic about it. Right. Yeah. Um, so eventually it leads to a, um, yeah, Kevin has this great bit where he's like, starts to say, well, I personally like it because and everybody tries to stop him and he goes, can I finish? Because it makes me horny. <laughs> um, which is great because of course that's what he was going to say. Of course. Oh yeah. Totes. Uh, we find out how Andy and Rachel met. They were the only two white people at Daryl's party. <laughs> yeah. I would like to party with Daryl. Like it seems like it would be a really chill time. Just like sitting around a barbecue and like drinking beer and, you know, playing some cornhole and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I do find Daryl intimidating. I don't know if I'd want to hang out. It doesn't seem like that doesn't seem chill to me. <laughs> Um, so then, um, we have a, we have a conference room meeting Yes, where, you know, Gabe is trying to be like coy about it. It's like, all right, let's, uh, review the policies for PDA. It's like shocking, you know, it's office romance is permissible, all that kind of stuff. hundred percent tolerant, which most places will let you date coworkers as long as it's not in like the, in the line of power like in the like hierarchy when else's boss or dating right Mm -hmm. like cross departments or whatever is usually okay right right especially at companies with it of any kind of size yeah like in my building is like 2500 people right so it's you're you know if you're if you're single you're probably going to meet somebody else there right that you know you'll date or whatever yeah um but so some of the instance, well, so just as the conversation goes, Mike and Holly are just not paying attention and Oscar has to tap them on the shoulder. Right. And they, then they realize it's about them because like Hall or Mike is sitting on Holly's lap while this is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I, and I, and don't quote me on this, anybody don't quote me internet, but I feel like Holly's legs are like, at least one of them is through the armrest. Yeah, she's got a really wide stance going yeah, on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know if both legs were through both armrests because that seems a little offensive. Uh, but I think one of them were, right? So she could be a little bit more wide-legged to accommodate for Michael's butt. Right, and then, like, Dwight admits that he has had sex in the office. And he's like, who else has had sex in the office? Ryan, Kelly, Meredith, Holly, Michael, Creed. Yeah, I mean, everybody but Oscar... And Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam, yeah. yeah. And I love this thing. It's like, and Oscar says something about like, where'd you have where'd you have sex, Dwight? And he looks at him like, I think you know where. And Oscar's just like super sad, like, where, Dwight? <laughs> that, that was uh that was back. That was another episode. Oh, I thought it was this one. Oh, uh, it was uh Anyway, it was the episode after Moroccan Christmas. That's what it was. Ah, uh, right, the right, duel. right, the duel. Right. So it, it so uh, Michael's thing is like, all right, we're going to turn one closet into a hookup zone, and yeah. I think it was Dwight who very astutely asked, "Well, what if two couples want to go at it at the same time?" Yeah, and then Mike ends up going three closets, one for each base, no homers, um, and then. Again, Dwight asks, uh, what does the office think about masturbation? And Michael says, pro. Pro, right. So I guess that would be for third base? I guess that would be considered third base. (laughs) Um, Well, I think we've officially talked about everything on this podcast. There it is. Um, Pooping to masturbation and everything else in between. Yeah. Um, So Andy and Aaron are still doing their thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they find so they finish the puzzle. It is uh, Gabe's boombox, which is they find in Daryl's office. Then they do this weird whispering thing, trying to see if Daryl can hear them. But right, they, what I did like is that there was a sticky quip on the yeah. boombox that said "Play me." Yeah, like oh, that's good. That's good uh, continuity. Yeah, um, yeah. So they they eventually play it, and um, yeah, I see what you wrote is what you thought you heard, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't really figure. I, I really couldn't figure it out, what he was saying. I think it's, I mean, based on what they end up finding, I think it's supposed to be the temp at night. Yeah, that's... Right, which is indicating right. Ryan's office in the dark. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like the Thames, like the I, River Thames. I'm just like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I thought I heard the 10th at 9, as if like <laughs> it was a date and at 9 a.m. or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so... After that conference room meeting, Jim and Pam decide that they want to bang in this building. Right, because no one else has. Yeah. Everyone else has besides oh, that. That's right. So they try their nap place, but that's a well-known warehouse spot, and there is a warehouse guy sleeping there. Right. So that doesn't work out. Uh, yeah, and there's just a couple of different instances of them trying to... Uh, right. And they So as they're trying to go into Ryan's office. Yeah. Which... I guess can lock. So maybe, I mean, that would, that would seem to be like Jim's big plan is the closet will lock and he knows Brian doesn't have a key for it. Right. So it's like, we just lock the door. And so they're going in they, they run into Ryan and he's like, well, Aaron and Andy run out at the same right, time. Yeah, right. So it's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like, Ryan's like, you're going to have sex in my office. Were you, yeah. weren't you? It's like, that's okay. Just put everything back and text me when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Babe is acting all super embarrassed. And like she, she turns and starts walking out. Jim turns and she just pauses and it's like, got this like weird look, drunken look in her eye. <laughs> well, I think they both had this instant where like, okay, well, Ryan just gave us permission. Maybe let's do it. But then I think they both oh, also. Also yeah. one of those things where they've been trying to, I mean, in, in episode time, this has probably been like an hour or two. So they've been trying to find a place to bone for a while now. I mean, don't, don't criticize my manhood when I say this, but that sounds too long. I would be uninterested by that time. I'd be like, Gee. yeah, but when you're drunk like that, it's just like your brain just like clicks into that. Okay, it's time to fuck mode. I see. Yeah, I see. you're just like fine, fig- trying to figure that out. Well, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see, Romeo. Oh, yeah. So then Michael is real upset by this whole thing that this meeting mm-hmm. kind of talked about me. Right, because, well, and Holly, because he tried to do, like, something, and Holly told him no because right. she, she felt weird. Yeah. Which, uh, like, she kind of explains it. She's like, you know, I just can't help myself around him. You know, it's very, you know, I have no control. But, like, I felt like, I feel like Holly would have had better control with it because of being in HR. Time. Well, part, I mean, it's that, like, you know, middle school new romance thing, right? Right. I remember part of me, middle school. Part of me wonders what, like, what was her relationship with AJ like? Were they all over each other? Well, I think at first, right? Because at this point, they've been dating for a year or two. Right. Um, but maybe at first it was. Because also, when Holly and Michael first started dating, they were kind of like this before. You know, they banged in the stairwell. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, you know, there is like a new relationship excitedness about it. Um, when I was in middle school, I have a, a very weird memory of uh, 
classmates of mine making out with each other and the dude puts his hands down the girl's pants and it's just her underwear is just out there and they just keep doing it. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is, there, there are some lines that are being crossed here. Uh, so I think that's where Michael and Holly are at. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So yeah, eventually Gabe has to pull the two of them in and he says, no one is a bigger fan of sexual touching than me. Just like, I, I feel like what it is, is it's his mad lib, Right. Right, a fan of whatever you're in trouble for, <laughs> but it, it just doesn't come out right, and this is really weird. Right, but, but we, we got to backtrack just a little bit because yeah. uh, there, there's two important things that happen. Well, one important thing and one funny thing is you know we're just like Romeo and Juliet and the dragon that kept them in the office of the dragon that kept them apart. Yeah, that's right. Which I love that Michael just has this note like you know he's seen the Leo to Leo DiCaprio like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, or maybe know. he rented it and couldn't finish it, so he just decided to like make things up. I mean, or the other way, maybe he saw a movie with a dragon in it and assumed it was Romeo and Juliet. Maybe, yeah. Like I, I feel like it's like, uh, like he got Romeo and Juliet and like Shrek merged in his head. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> and then he says that he loves Holly, and she freaks out a little bit, and she's like, "Well, I I love you too," and so it's like really. The first time they've said, yeah, well, at least, that's right. yeah. But I don't remember them saying "I love you" in season, like back in season five. I agree. I don't think they did. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, so again. We have well. So then they start doing this weird like "I'm not touching you" thing. Right. It's like, oh my god, this is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like there's three reasons you're so touchy. One, you're on MDMA. Street name Molly yeah. or ecstasy. Yep. Two, you're trying to fit in an entire relationship before Holly has to leave. And, and that's like, you just see it. And this is one of those really good times where you can see their acting abilities when they, like, cause they don't say anything, but like the, they have that like deer in the headlights, you know, just look on their face. They really pull off. Right. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like, you could rewatch that scene three or four times, and it's like the nuance between how each of them realizes it and what it implies for them is different. Right, right. Yeah, it's really well acted. Yeah. And then the third one is like at an age where your sexual climaxes aren't as powerful, so you need to do stuff like breaking the rules. Yeah. And they're both like, yeah, yeah, number three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I really think that this is the first time either of them, but definitely Mike. Definitely Michael. Yeah. Uh, realizing like, oh yeah, like this is going to end when Toby comes back. Um, so he kind of has this downward spiral. Right. And so like it, it hits him like a truck and he's, he's sad and he's like, it's like a boner bomb waiting to go off and he's like, get the tape record, boner bomb, starring Jason Statham. Never has freedom been so hard or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we see uh, Kevin's monkey face trying to cheer him up. and Yeah. Um, he's throwing his poop or whatever. He tries to do a chipmunk. Everybody wants him to go back to the monkey. Right. Um, so back with Andy and Aaron, they find themselves at the vending machines. And there is a heart-shaped cookie under the B9 slot, which is just a loose pun of B-mine is what Andy's right. Uh They buy the cookie. On the back of it is a little note that says, like, your gift is a kiss. It's a little bit more poetic than that, but that's what the gist is. And right. Aaron's like thinking she should kiss Andy. Right. 
This is one reason why you should be very explicit in your instructions if you're doing something like a you know, Valentine's Day scavenger hunt. Right, right. <laughs> um, so it's kind of awkward, but then Gabe is actually there peeping through that window and does this the most awkward kiss blow I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so bad, so bad. Yeah, uh, and then Andy leaves. And then I think Aaron, for the first time, is kind of having like, a, oh, yeah, I think I'd like Andy more. Mm-hmm. Right, and like... I, I get why you do this. Like, you know, it's a, it's a cute thing, right? But yeah. it also seems like you would want to do that, that thing yeah. with, yeah, with together, yeah, with yeah. the person. So, Well, because what ended up happening is Gabe set up a bunch of romantic situations that Aaron was in with Andy. Right, and I, I think there was some, like, transference there. Yeah, so, yeah. Some, some love transferences. Yeah. And um, so they, so Aaron and Michael have this conversation and Holly's like, not Aaron, sorry. Holly and Michael have this conversation where Holly's like, what if we don't leave it up then? What if I just quit? Yeah, right. And so, you know, they announce that they're moving in together. And for some reason, Oscar is like, but it was like, you know, you know, Oscar, as hard as you tried to keep us apart, we're together. And like, I don't yeah. think Oscar ever tried to keep them apart. I, I think Oscar is kind of viewed as a, uh, like a party pooper, you know? Oh, he's like, yeah, because like Angela just doesn't like things, and that's fine. But Oscar and his actualiness, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But you're right; he's never shown a specific thing about this relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless unless there was something like because maybe he wasn't cool with that weird hand massage thing earlier in the episode, Michael like decided to single them out. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he makes us down. So it's like, we're going to be doing things. We won't have to do PD at the office because we're going to be doing things to and with one another. Right. Right. Um, then we find out what's going on with the Halperts. Right. So they, they definitely boned in the office. In the secret it, Dwight Angela meeting spot. It, it like, uh, you know, Jim looks mostly normal. Pam's got like hardcore sex hair. Yeah. I mean, all she I can, already looked a little drunk. Like she, right. But she definitely had like the ruffled hair. Like all I could think of was Andy Dwyer. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dwight's Perfect Valentine's Day. What was that? I forgot. Oh, uh, where he's, he's, he made all these reservations like six months in advance and is fielding calls and like selling them off to the highest bidder. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically his princess unicorn thing, right? Well, yeah, almost identical to it, which I don't know if anyone would have like, uh, like, I don't think any restaurant lets you do that for Valentine's Day that far out. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, at least uh, not anymore. Yeah. No. I don't, yeah. A lot of times too, because there's like special menus at night or whatever. Right. Like there's special the- menus, but I know a lot of times, like a lot of restaurants either won't take reservations. So you just got to like suck it up and go. Right. Or right. you like... You can only make them a week out or two weeks out or something. Yeah. And then uh, when a guy can do that. Right. So uh, they sort of like are talking heads with like the perfect Valentine's days. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he rhymes like any guy can be Prince Charming one day a year. But I really, uh, what really impresses me is when a guy can do that no days a year. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course they go to the to Kelly's and it's like she's like candy, flowers, move you know, just like the typical this the super stereotypical Valentine's Day, everything's pink and red kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
So do you, do you have any Valentine's Day traditions? Uh, well, we take turns as to who gets to decide. Um, the dog. Uh, who gets to decide what uh, we do. And almost more like, how do we want to spend like, Right. So like one year, I made us go to Dave and Buster because that's what I want. <laughs> and then, you know, hers one year, we had to watch this movie the last five years, which is this terribly fucking sad, musical, bullshit nonsense. I was like, why are we watching this? They break up. That's what we find out in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. But that's what we did. So that's our that's our tradition, basically putting the other person through whatever hell we feel like participating. Oh, but it's got Anna, Anna Kendrick in it. It does, and she's very talented in it, but just like that is not a Valentine's Day movie. I don't care what anybody says. For the longest time, I watched a horror movie on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's fun. That's a good one. Well, and sometimes like I would do it, like I did it a couple times, like as a date or whatever, but like I would almost always end a relationship in like the last week of January. Oh. So, like I just wasn't with somebody on Valentine's day. And like, it started back when I was like in high school, like me and a friend of mine, like we, me and her, we didn't have any days. So I was like, Hey, let's just rent a horror movie and get some pizza and like hang out. Yeah. yeah. So it just kind of kept going. And that went for like 10 years. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Like for, for a while I was watching uh, the saw movies in order. You know, it's so like each year is like, so one year, the first time is like saw one, like next year saw two, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh, what, what do you give in this episode? Uh, yeah. Um, it really, especially with the Michael and Holly stuff kind of feels like a part two of the last one. Yeah, for sure. Um, in that way. So I think, um, and then there's some stuff, I mean, it's all good. I have no, I have no explanation for why I'm going to rate it the way I'm about to rate it, <laughs> but I'm going to give it uh three, point eight out of five um somethings something <laughs> uh, yeah i really like this episode like you get you know there's good stuff between a- andy and aaron which you know knowing what we know now we know it's kind of if you has a much different connotation than when we first watched you're like oh maybe they'll get back to, maybe they'll actually get together and all this other stuff uh, you know, Holly and Michael definitely back together. Then, like, you get the Halperts that are totally out of their normal element. Right. right. Uh, so I'm giving this uh, four out of five. You've got sex hair, and you've got it for me. There you go, a little cross NBC promos there. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Oh man, I wish these. I wish this was still on the air, so maybe we could have some Brooklyn Nine Nine office crossovers. Yeah. We might. We might. Which I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I'm so happy. It's like. Still on the air now. Yeah. You ever watched The Good Place? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh that is also by uh Mike Shure. Right. And I think there have been uh nods to Parks and Rec in it. Like uh newspapers are the same talking about little Sebastian or something like that. Oh nice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently it was originally developed for NBC and but they decided to do an uh an open you know, bidding for it and Fox right. came in. Uh Anyway, I'm happy for Brooklyn. Uh, next time, I th- we're getting like right into there, aren't we? We're about to lose Michael Scott. Yeah, I know. And then this show's going to go downhill. He, well, oh man, there's going to be so much fucking salt. Yeah. Uh, so, well, actually, we got. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six more episodes until Michael actually leaves. Uh, but I, I have a hard time when Will Ferrell shows up. Like, I'm going to be, 
I'm going to be in a bad fucking mood when he shows up, but which sucks. Cause, like, I know that they, that's why, like they want him to play that way. Yeah. And I generally like him as an actor, but he's just, he annoys the piss out of me so bad. Like I'm well, gonna, I'll, I'll say, bad. I'll say it, his arc it, to me is kind of like a long dinner party. Yeah. Like after the fact, I could really appreciate it. Um, and like, I think it's funny now, but it was, it was rough. like as i was like waiting to see what was going to happen well like i've said i've only seen michael's last dundies once right and that was when it aired i've skipped it every other like watching like it's way worse than scouts tots or yeah yeah or whatever anyway we're rambling so you can find us at broken jars at xyz um our patreon patreon.com forward slash broken jars you can find me on twitter at jacob ingles email us broken jars broadcasting at gmail.com uh yeah i think that's it yeah follow my dog's instagram a dog named Jin j-y-n she's got 20 followers it's great <laughs> well i know what i'm doing when we end this <laughs> there it is so uh, y'all have a good time and we'll see you the next time take care bye-bye